welcome to this week's episode of Crimes Against Art. I'm your host, Michelle, and joining me as always is the lovely Isabel. Hello, hello, how are we going? We are going good. We are going to get riled up to tonight, baby, <laughs> because lots to talk about. And we also have a very special guest with us. We have Justine. Hello, hello. Not to steal Isabel's bit. <laughs> how are you today, Justine? Oh, I'm chilling out eating a donut. Vibing? Yeah, just vibing. Just, you know, feet up, hands back. Yeah. And do you want to give our Crimes Against Art listeners a little bit of an introduction of yourself? How do you want them to think of you as? Um, please note that I do have a fine art degree. Uh, that's <laughs> my only accomplishment in the art realm. And a great accomplishment indeed. Yeah, art adjacent. We love that. I went to this fun little art event, which was meant to be like a lovely little educational day where like artists and arts people talk and vibe with each other. And at the beginning, there were these stickers that you could choose from to like self-nominate how your relationship with the arts, I guess. And it was like (laughs) artist, arts worker, art interested. Yeah, Yeah, I would say that. curious (laughs) (laughs) curious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go i'm a sapiosexual yeah <laughs> <laughs> like those parties go. where like the color of your cup is like you know single taken yeah <laughs> those traffic light parties yeah oh my god <laughs> that's where we're at that's where we're at every every event's gonna be like this And we've got a really fun little behemoth episode for you. We've foreshadowed this in previous episodes, and this is going to be our massive two-parter on NFTs. (laughs) NFTs. Derogatory. Derogatory, in brackets. (laughs) Truly, like alongside Picasso, the things that are in derogatory. So for part one, we're going to kind of introduce everyone to NFTs, talk about some of the ones that exist and the ways that NFTs have really committed crimes against art. So terrible things that it has contributed to the culture of art, basically, (laughs) is what we're doing. And then in part two, we're going to talk about actual art crimes that have emerged via NFTs and instances where the law has had to get involved. Isn't that fun? The law should be more involved. (laughs) Yeah. Authoritarian art. (laughs) Authoritarian tastemakers. Just to, like, have something to go up against. We can stage revolutions against authoritarians. We can't stage revolutions against decentralized nothings. Yeah. That's where libertarian gets really lame. (laughs) (laughs) I just think we should just bring back a bit of gatekeeping I think I've discovered yeah Yeah. bit of laws bit of rules bit of gatekeeping tastemakers distinctions between class bring it back bring back the canon both types of canons Mm. then we can get some revolutionary spirit fermenting we need need something to you know revolt against Tchaikovsky can put on his little orchestra pieces the way they were intended with cannons. I want to see cannons at Festival Hall (laughs) while Azalea Banks is playing. (laughs) Now, back on topic, let's start with talking about what NFTs are. So I have written an article for Edge of the Crowd introducing the Edge of the Crowd readers to the concept of NFTs. And I looked back at this article and I was like, yeah, I basically just stand by everything that I said it because nothing has changed and our predictions were correct. Therefore, we are oracles, aren't we? Absolutely. Yep. Polo is given the gift of foresight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in this case, I've been wishing for things for the betterment of us rather than the worst case scenarios. Isn't that fun? That's manifesting. <laughs> manifesting. So Isabel and Justine, what do you guys know about NFTs and what they are? Well, I just, I know they're on the blockchain and every time I, I feel like I've been forced to learn about the blockchain a lot throughout my studies and every single time I feel like I just have immediately forgotten it because it's fake. I mean, I know it isn't, but at the same time. But it is. It is. (laughs) It's like one of those things that you're like, can money laundering just 
get not as obvious again like can they can they put it back in the shadows just a little bit yeah or at least stop parading it as like art appreciation like you made some disgusting little monkeys <laughs> but we will get back to those monkeys <laughs> yeah yeah they do exist on the blockchain like all cryptocurrencies like they're already a bad sign because that group has gotten involved which is to the detriment of nfts the word cryptocurrency doesn't really inspire confidence does it like as i get older i begin to resent the concept of money more and more and more Hmm. i feel like i'm rejecting just all kinds of technology i think we've just (laughs) gone too far like i don't even want to use a 3d printer no i feel like i'm too old well, all our jokes at the moment between Isabel and I, at least, are like how we want to just frolic in the meadows like baby deer. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. As God intended. Right. God did not intend me to be able to 3D print anything, you know? God did not <laughs> yeah, intend to be on the blockchain. On a tram for 30 minutes <laughs> to an hour. I should be able to just cut right through, no roads to cross, pick up some berries on the way. Stop for a minute, sunbathe, keep going on my way to work. <laughs> yeah, but we're not working. We're, like, collecting apples or something. You yeah, know? I'm, like, I'm doing this so the village doesn't, like, exclude me in winter. Like, I'm bringing <laughs> back a harvest. Yeah. And that's, like, the only amount of social pressure I'm experiencing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but unfortunately, money still exists, and now we want to create virtual money. Isn't that fun? Most NFTs are traded using a virtual currency called Ethereum. Gross word, once again. No word sounds yeah. good. No. We're going to get to some terrible ones throughout these episodes, don't you worry. But the token itself is meant to be a unique thing. It doesn't have to be like an image. It can be any type of media that you just assign value to I guess give it a little barcode its own little special snowflake unique barcode and then send it on its way into the market is it like a little like link like a url is that what it basically is like yeah yeah but no one else can have the url exactly no one else can actually go into it And if you lose it, you can't go into it either. We're going to get to some fun ways that people have messed around with these little dinky tokens, which weren't intended at all, but truly you should have seen coming. The best analogies that I like to use in order to describe NFTs is like one, the kinds of people who buy certificates that say they own a star. Or the ones that say you're a lord because you own like a square meter in Scotland. You mean like literally all the YouTube ads I'm getting? (laughs) I was like, maybe I should be a lady. I got one the other day. I'm like, what's the algorithm picked up for think that would be of interest? <laughs> they saw me Google NFT and was like, she likes something useless. <laughs> <laughs> something she can't do anything with. Yeah. A little tidbit. I'm really worried all this NFT research is just really, you know. <laughs> the algorithm's going crazy. Yeah, it's going to send me to some stocks or something. I don't know, like... It's going to tell you about stonks and apes. Mm, I don't need to hear it. On the bright side, at least you're not inclined to buy any of this, so the ads aren't working. I feel like I might just have to see it like six times before I will. Don't you reckon? You know what? I really am too stupid to be able to buy one, if I'm honest. <laughs> I don't know how these wallets work. I know. And I kind of have no, not enough respect for them to learn how. Like no. stocks, I've contemplated. But then I'm also like, well, stocks is just getting money without labor. So I'm like ideologically inclined to be like, "Mm, ick. (laughs) Please keep in mind I have like $5 in my bank. (laughs) (laughs) But you've earned those $5. It's a moral $5. It is like sweat off my brow $5. (laughs) You'll go to bed happy knowing you have put in the hours for those $5. I'm like resting easy knowing that I didn't short out some like health insurance company that provides insulin to poor people like they are on the blockchain the blockchain basically keeps record of everyone who has owned an nft it's meant to be this indicator of authenticity whatever that means in nft land (laughs) genuineness provenance it should all be there and it should not be alterable foreshadowing if an nft gets minted it gets put on to the platform that it's hosted on 
someone chooses to buy it for whatever amount they want to buy it for and then there's a record of that so everyone else who buys it afterwards knows how much each individual paid for the nft in question and who's owned it however they don't exactly know who owns it they just know the code of someone who owns it but they can't necessarily link the code back to the person so it's still quite anonymous which is why it's so good for committing crimes with and also the fact that like the value of ethereum fluctuates like all cryptocurrencies do so like you really don't know how much a thing costs at any moment in time no i just don't see the point of anything to do with the blockchain. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) One of my favorite Tumblr posts that tries to explain NFTs goes like this. Imagine if you went up to the Mona Lisa and you were like, I'd like to own this. And someone nearby went, give me $65 million and I'll burn down an unspecified amount of the Amazon rainforest in order to give you this receipt of purchase. So you paid them. And they went, here's your receipt, thank you for your purchase. And then went to an unmarked supply closet in the back of the museum and posted a handmade label inside it behind the brooms that said, Mona Lisa currently owned by Jacob Galapagos, which is the name of this user who asked this question. So if anyone wants to know who owns it, they have to find this specific closet in this specific hallway and look behind the correct brooms. And you went, can I take the Mona Lisa home now? And they went, oh, God, no, are you stupid? You only bought the receipt that says you own it. You didn't actually buy the Mona Lisa itself. You can't take the real Mona Lisa, you idiot. You can take this, though, and gave you the replica print in a cardboard tube that's sold in the gift shop. Also, the person selling you the receipt of purchase has at no point in time ever owned the Mona Lisa. Unfortunately, this doesn't really make sense or seems like any logical person would be happy about this exchange. But that's how it is. (laughs) Yeah. It really is just amazing how fake it is. I know. It's like everything I learn about it, I'm like, oh, this is even faker than I could possibly imagine. This is like something I'd be really into when I was like 13, but that's because I did think of like, maybe I could own a star. Mm -hmm. And then like I turned 15 and the whimsy went away because I'm like, oh, I actually don't own that star. I feel like you get more from like owning one of those orangutans in like Borneo where you're like this is my orangutan Lydia yeah because I used to have (laughs) that one my mom loved Lydia and we just get like little updates it's like yeah at least like we get updates (laughs) you're stuck with one little link (laughs) that makes more sense to me Mm -hmm. I'm creating a parasocial relationship with an orangutan in Borneo And that feels so legitimate in comparison. It feels real. It feels real. I know. Hey, better an orangutan in Borneo than like a TikTok influencer who wants you to buy three hauls of Shein clothing? That's literally my little ape. Like, that's my bored ape right there. (laughs) (laughs) How have NFTs influenced or infiltrated is the better word? And how have they infiltrated and exploited the art world since the existence? They've kind of infiltrated a lot of very swanky dank spaces in ways that is not very cool, is all I can really say. So they haven't just infiltrated the arts. Uh, A lot of social media platforms have tried to get into NFTs and incorporate features in which users can showcase their NFTs. So Twitter tried to do this with their display images before Elon Musk decided to tase it to the ground. Mm. (laughs) And let me tell you, those little, like, it was like a hexagon or something that that yep. shape would come up. I mean, I never updated, I haven't updated in Twitter in like three years, but they got ran ragged, bullied offline. Yeah. <laughs> Immediate argument shut down. Like, <laughs> good. I'm glad. Yeah. Glad that's probably the closest we're getting to a revolution. It's bullying people off Twitter. Instagram has also tried this as well. And I don't know about you, but I've not seen any of them. So I don't think it's particularly successful. I'm also not going to seek them out because why would I? How how did Instagram like try and integrate it in? This is quite recent, but they had this new feature which allows users to mint and sell NFTs. So I guess it's almost an extension of their like existing marketplace type integration. It's like their little storefront. Yeah. Mm, okay. I think I may have clicked one by accident. You know what was really disappointing? It was Nick Knight, the photographer. And yeah. I, uh-huh. I love you. I love you so much. Yeah. And then he posted like a, oh, what's her name? Like Ugly Worldwide or something, the model. She did mm-hmm. like an ASMR about why NFTs are good. 
And I was like, you don't have to do this. You really don't. Keep it out of my eyesight. Like, I don't need to see you doing this. I can turn my back to this crime. Instagram only, I think, put this out to like a specific group of users. And I don't think it's very much taken off. I hope it does not take off even further. Like I said, manifesting. Fashion has also been really keen on NFTs in the form of like creating weird digital fashion pieces. So you had the likes of like Gucci and Prada. You have your sporty brands. So like Nike is very in on it as well. And they're all just trying to sell like digital pieces of clothing. It's kind of funny because like art to some degree can exist in like physical, non-tangible way. But fashion really is like you're here for that. To a degree, art can be so abstract that it's a concept. Sure. Yeah. But fashion, you're like, mm, I want to see the clothes. <laughs> like I want to see all the clothes on my body. Like I want yeah. to wear them. Yeah. Mm. There's an aspect of like the idea and the fantasy of fashion, but I'm not getting that in NFTs. And I feel like the intention of a lot of these NFTs was that you were supposed to be able to like wear them in the metaverse, which is also something that tanked that. Good. Thank God for that. I really do feel like collectively a good lot of us has just like stopped with technology. Like we understand like, oh, we are going too far. Soon Mm -hmm. Elon Musk is going to be injecting those little chips into our brains. And we're like, you know what? I kind of don't want that. (laughs) We're all like four steps closer to buying a farm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like especially after the pandemic, everyone's kind of like, Oh, well, I'm kind of tired of living over the computer, actually. Yeah, I don't want to just exist in a little Zoom square. Mm-hmm. No matter how long the filters they put on, you know, it just doesn't replace being able to touch some grass outside, does it? Oh, mm. no. Sitting outside in, like, a little cafe. A little cafe. That's the good stuff. Oh, my God. Reading a newspaper, physical oh, yeah. book. You can find <laughs> You're fucking putting my phone away. <gasps> you forgot That's- your phone at home, perhaps. We figured it out, Justine. What you are and what we all are are just aspiring flanners. Oh, okay. The way I literally tweeted, like, how do I make this my job is to just move to Paris and float around. Yeah. <laughs> float around, can- write down a hot take. Just have one for a day. This is why I deserve to be a socialite, if anything. <laughs> people watching no one deserves it more yeah and at least then you won't be thinking about fucking crypto kicks which is what nike is trying to call their stupid shoes oh that is gross and i like sneakers i'm not even gonna say like i'm above sneakers no i've got like 40 pairs back here i would Mm -hmm. not buy a digital pair (laughs) no no like sneakerhead culture is already crazy it's so insane it really is like, what stage of capitalism is this? Because late doesn't feel far enough. No. Terminal. We're going yeah. far beyond late stage capitalism. This is like... This is like hospice capitalism. Like, we're like on the brink. Yeah. This is a we're like death rattling. Like, <laughs> capitalist death rattle. Like, palliative care capitalism. <laughs> Literally, like, it's just gotten so far that, like, just kind of even participating in it it's like it felt gross before but you're kind of like well I'm getting something out of it of course I'm gonna buy all these things but now you're like I don't even get it like like, I'm just buying I know it's sort of like the lesson we should have all learned from Neopets (laughs) the minute Moshi Monsters added in that paywall now look was I a premium member on Stardoll yes <laughs> was was I out here dressing my dolls up in what Ashley Tisdale wore when she sung Kiss the Girl in her cover of the Disney movie oh, uh, yeah. Little Mermaid? Yes. <laughs> but to some point, that's my NFT. <laughs> that is literally my NFT. We all did that and then we all learned that lesson, but it yeah. seems like people didn't play enough yeah. online dressing it's up like- games. I did that, but I was a child. <laughs> and also, at no point did I, the child, think, ooh, you know what? I should try to, like, make a profit off this. I should yeah. try to monetize this. I should sell my Stardoll account. You, we could be in very good <laughs> position if we did monetize, like, maybe. Like. Now I'm kind of regretting not selling my Stardoll account. <laughs> Crypto kind of feels like Depop girlies going to the op shop buying out the clothes and then trying to flip it for more 
Mm. Like NFTs feel like the cropped set of like a extra large Ralph Lauren polo shirt. <laughs> Where do polo Ralph Lauren quarter zips go to die? <laughs> like literally, literally. As a scrunch and a cropped version. And then it goes back into the op shop. Yeah. <laughs> That's a circular economy of fashion now. Yeah, literally. <laughs> now reverting back to museums and art. Christie's is getting really keen on NFTs. They're trying to create an NFT platform. Yeah. And also they have sold a couple of things on that, some big ticket items. But like with the case of most NFTs, and this has always been the case since the beginning, most of them are not worth anything. And then a couple of them are inexplicably worth too much. And those are the ones that we hear about. Some museums have expressed interest in the idea of collecting NFTs, which I would like to use my platform to say, no. <laughs> Please don't. And the most notable example of this is that Yuga Labs, who are the guys behind CryptoPunks. Yeah. I say this very derogatorily. <laughs> has donated one, gifted one to ICA Miami as part of an initiative to try to get them into museum spaces a lot more, in contemporary art museums especially. Yeah, I would almost like thank their altruism by donating it rather than forcing some museum to buy these <laughs> NFTs. But at the same time, it just comes from such a bad place, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it I really mean- is just like how can I still make money out of this though? Like it really is just exactly. constantly at the back of their mind. But the thing is, like, when collectors loan their artworks for, like, museum shows, which, you know, in turn raises the value and the price of the the works in their collection, people are a bit, you know, don't love that, but, I mean, it happens. But people in cryptocurrency just seem to have no morals. This does seem to be Yuga Labs' version of Anna Delvey's proposed art gallery social space the punks legacy project yeah and it's like you guys made the board apes and you were trying to push the crypto punks yeah Yeah, they're not even the good ones (laughs) they're not even the ones that we can mock incessantly you guys yeah Mm -hmm. like nobody knows i couldn't look at a crypto punk and tell you what it is other than the fact that the way punk has been diluted so far down Mm-hmm. That it literally is someone who is, in a way, conforming to the status quo. A little capitalist slave moment. <laughs> and then just being like, yeah, this is punk rock. No. What? So they want to put the punks from its collection and leading contemporary art museums around the world. Like, use the mu- museum as a, as a space and a platform, I guess, to broaden the understanding of crypto art and Web3. Blah. I suppose it's good in terms of that people see that it's a scam, you know? Yeah. I guess we can thank them for broadening our understanding that it's all fake. They did sell nine punks with Christie's, which raised $17 million. I think there is just too much money in the world. I feel like everyone is just making a ridiculous amount. And it's like before there used to be so many, like, tangible things like just buy houses or something buy a national forest and then just name a tree after yourself like nobody does anything fun anymore yeah Mm -hmm. like millionaires used to be like super eccentric and now they're like I own seven ugly little drawings like and I don't even own them build huge eccentric houses and fill them with and then donate to the like, state after they die. Specific like flowers, like Mariah Carey has her own rose. Like people like used to just be like, "I want this, and I'm gonna get it." And now it's like, I actually paid three million dollars to some guy to make me the ugliest monkey you've ever seen. <laughs> That's what I found interesting with NFTs is like they they seem to only really take off in a meaningful in a meaningful way. You know the popular. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk to some rich people occasionally and they seem to not be into NFTs, but then I then you see celebrities and they're like, they're all over yeah. it. Yeah. And it is kind of like one to at some point, I'm like, is this a hashtag sponsored content? Like, is this like you're not saying that you're actually getting money for this deal? Because there's no way 
that you're not getting something out of that. Yeah. It's just an extension of merch for them. Like, what do you want? Yeah. But yeah, that's what's happening with NFTs at the moment. Now we get to my favorite part, talking more about why they suck. (laughs) They're bad. (laughs) They're bad. Uh, And we've already kind of started talking about one aspect of it, which is like the pricing shenanigans that they've brought into Mm -hmm. our lives, the art market and all other markets of culture. Cursed. And at this point, we need to talk about people. Okay, I know nothing about people. Please, what is a what is a little rundown on be- people? People is just some guy. <laughs> it's always just some guy. Like some guy derogatory. Yeah, he's just some guy who is his. NFTs have sold for the most amount of money and it's absurd. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Like I I don't know, I haven't researched into like who's like the top 5 artists selling NFTs. I know yeah. Lush Sucks made like a bunch of money. And there's like Damien Hirst, there's like legitimate artists in there. But I'm like who's making all the money? Like is it them? Like yeah. at some point couldn't you just buy their work like their real work yeah yeah it's like if you're that interested in them as artists literally you could just own it like yeah (laughs) literally you could be like actually this is mine exactly so people just some guy who lives in southern california oh of course it's southern california too god it's like putting lemon on a wound like what the NFT consists of is just like 5,000 shitty images that he has created on his little computer. We don't want that. The idea behind it was that he had created like one a day consecutively for 5,000 days. And a lot of that was throughout the Trump presidency. Did anyone ask for that? <laughs> no. Can he display this in any kind of gallery? <laughs> like, Will a gallery be like, you know what? That's a great exhibition. I'll put it up. Well, the guys who bought it for $69 million in March 2021 really want to. They're like, we did this as a symbolic gesture to like. Is that why they bought it for 69? It's all symbolic. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a really weird take of them trying to like go against like the Western art canon. It poll has gone too far. (laughs) Yep. They're like, we're doing this for Asian art history representation, acquiring this work, and we want to show it and we want to create like spaces and change the field. And it's like the the fundamental issue with everything about everything that you've said is that they've just transplanted entrepreneurial tech speak onto yeah. art. And then also shielding it with some kind of like identity politics. Like, has anyone asked if Asian art wanted to be represented by There's like centuries of Asian (laughs) art, centuries being dwindled down to here's a guy who spent 5,000 days doing ugly little drawings. (laughs) Ugly little drawings, a lot of them are not good and a lot of them are quite offensive, like the politics are concerning and confounding to say the least. God, when will it end? Yeah. Am I able to like look it up? Like <laughs> you can look it up. There are a lot of websites who go through and has just like, look at this shit that's now worth $69 million. Mm. It's yeah, it's terrible. I hate it with my entire soul. I've looked up who is Beeple, and it is a white guy. But the people who bought it, Tubador. That is the worst art I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. This is literally like that one dude who made that big boobied. Venus to Milo. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This yep. is like literally like middle schooler brain art. This is that Yoda yep. with that Stop Wars sign. Like, it's like, dare I say, it's like I found something I hate more than Banksy. This is late stage Banksy. Like, yeah. This is really bad. No, like, no, this is, this is. <laughs> yeah. So... Indian crypto billionaires in your art spaces representing Asian art history. It is kind of interesting because I remember when I was looking up 
NFTs like when they first hit the market and I kind of was like oh is this a thing and then everyone's like actually this is so bad for the environment and Mm -hmm. a lot of like the computer farmings like aren't they in Central Asia? Like anywhere where they already have a lot of those servers I bet. Yeah yeah because I remember like at least I mean this article was years ago those like server farms were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that there's like billionaires and then there's probably a small town, if anything, really, that has like, this is like their source of income. Yeah. And like the energy consumption that it takes to mint NFTs and also every single transaction requires so much energy. But what does that mean when people say they're like mining for cryptocurrency like and I you've mentioned a few times on the pod about I'm like I don't understand how it works what do you mean they're mining for nfts and cryptocurrency they're just trying to find a really 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 big prime number but I don't understand like I I think there's something that people do in like starbucks as well they like hit up your computer they mine your data I can understand data mining but I don't understand the mining required to create some fake money yeah you just have to find like a unique number it does really seem fake it really does seem fake (laughs) like all encryption is is just like finding massive prime numbers and multiplying them with each other in order to create even bigger numbers and the point is because they're not divisible by everything except those two prime numbers people can't crack the code of them this is why computers are fake (laughs) How does that create value? This is what they're using math for now. Oh, take us back to Pythagoras would never have wanted this. Everyone's talking about how smart computers are. And I'm like, all you have them do is to be like a glorified calculator and play chess. And then also mine our data. I want to see a man do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'd be more impressed if it was some guy sitting there with like a TI-84 <laughs> going to man, just doing some numbers. I'd be like, that's Rain Man. My computer doing it, I'm like, I can't see it. I'm not that impressed. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, wow, good on them. That's That creates value for me. Yep. But they have kind of recently changed their protocol and purportedly reduced their carbon emissions by 99.95% just because they're not requiring to do all of this shenanigans anymore. I'd still think that that's too much. Yeah. Energy consumption, even when you've reduced it by 99.95%. I also think they're lying. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's a fake number. Like, for people who are meant to be finding numbers, that sounds like a fake number of yeah. reduction of carbon. At some point early in the game when, like, we were freaking out about $69 million for 5,000 shitty little pictures, there was this statistic that came out that, like, the amount of energy consumed to mint NFTs was more than, like, what was used by the entire country of Argentina. Yeah. I did see, like, like this was still back in the early days of NFTs, and someone broke it down, and it literally was, like, one NFT was, like, being minted was the same as, I think, five years of someone's, like, entire usage in Europe, like, five years, in, like, yep. the five, like in the two minutes it takes to just mint that. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, we're burning this earth down. Right? Yeah. So, like, 0.05% of that is still a lot. Yeah, I think they realised at some point but that we were running out of numbers. <laughs> yeah, that would literally be, like, me literally shutting off all my lights and not having power for five years and being like yeah. guys 99.9 down I did it <laughs> I also want to briefly mention that the birth of NFTs presented us and gifted us with the word fidgetal which is a word that like in its entirety makes me feel a little bit ill as someone who is as terminally online as I am I've never once seen the term fidgetal catch on no. never once have seen it this is the first time I'm hearing it and I'm online maybe 27 hours a day. <laughs> it's just such a disgusting word. Everything about this story is going to be cursed. I first saw this word in an exhibition of NFTs and crypto shit that was going on in the foyer of a corporate building. Yeah. It just gets worse. Every word. On Collins Street in Melbourne CBD. 
they were like, this is the first fidgetal exhibition and I wanted to walk out, but I like promised to meet a friend and I was like messaging them being like, I am disgusted by this exhibition I see in your foyer. Can I have a free coffee as compensation? You know what you should have done? You deserve You should have totally took like a hammer to the screen. <laughs> kind of like what they did at the MGV, like, like the piss cries. Like every time piss, every time someone goes piss crisis here, and someone takes like a sledgehammer to the to the perspex on the front, like all those activists that are like throwing cans of soup on, you know, a whole Sunday roast. Why can't they just do that to fidgetal? Yeah, I feel like NFTs should be their number one enemy. Exactly, it shouldn't be Monet. It shouldn't be Van Gogh dying in poverty. If they actually threw soup onto like the server of one of these NFT minting establishments, that would actually do damage because we know that technology's biggest weakness is soup. Yeah. yeah. That would do more to save the planet. Any liquids. There is not <laughs> enough rice in the world. And like that will actually do something in terms of helping the environment, if you ask me. Mm. So yes, Fidgetal, an arts columnist, has written that it sounds like a bad case of indigestion. Yeah. Sounds like a fungal <laughs> infection. It's so bad. Yeah. Like an athlete's foot of sorts. Oh, God. And also like an in- indication that they do indeed suck is that we are currently going through a crypto winter. I'm glad it's a, the crypto winter. Like someone needs to bring it down a peg. So yeah. I'm glad it's called the yeah. crypto winter. There's one quote about the crypto winter. And they say that the crypto winter appears to have compromised the value of everyone's favourite electronic beanie baby, NFTs. <gasps> and I think that pretty much just sums up what NFTs are. They're everyone's favourite electronic beanie baby. This is kind of like that one photo from like 1992 of that couple in divorce court and yeah. they're separating their beanie babies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like will people be like, that's actually my non-fungible token? Like it ends in 6-2? At least God. Beanie Babies sort of have, like, an intrinsic value. Like, they yeah, are a thing that exists. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the article went on to discuss sort of about the value of these NFTs. It's like a, unlike a house which retains the intrinsic value of being a place to live, no matter what extrinsic value is conferred upon it by demand in the real estate market, an electronically unique picture of a cartoon monkey does nothing for you unless everyone believes it is a desirable object. And, like, I wanted to stop at the point of, like, being convinced to believe it was a desirable object in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's their first mistake. Beanie babies could were at least seen as being desirable, and I can understand that. NFT, not so much. Yeah, there was that beanie baby inflation. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Like, like, a scarcity element to the beanie babies. Yeah. Exactly. I, I always think, I'm like, if you can't take it to cash converters... What value does it really have? <laughs> the inherent problem of capitalism, if you can't take it to cash converters and get something for it, like <laughs> really yeah. the limits of it demonstrates the limits of its value. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the value of NFTs that were initially bought for a lot of money have not retained the value or grown at all, which is like music to my ears. It's like the world's worst investment. <laughs> Justin Bieber had bought a bored ape for one point three million in January and it's now probably just worth like $70,000 and still dropping by the day Fantastic. and he's very sad about it it's what I want but to I'm just like oh, that's a good news good. story good because <laughs> you know what you can burn a painting if you're cold hmm. uh, you can burn a painting you can't burn an NFT <laughs> I wish I could an if NFT I... burning <laughs> A lot of the NFTs that have dropped substantially in value are like the Bored Apes because they were bought for too much in the first place. Like the Justin Bieber one is probably the biggest drop in value, like if you want to count monetarily. But like in terms that we understand as people who do not have a million dollars, let alone $1.3 million to spend on a stupid ape, Bored Ape Yacht Club number 835 was bought for $50,000 in August 2021 and sold for $115 in March 2022. And, like, I still think whoever bought it for $115 is getting ripped off. Right. Who has $115 to be like, this literally means nothing to me? Mm. Yeah. Bloomberg put out, like, a 40,000-word story about crypto 
in which the writer basically says NFTs are just a Ponzi scheme. Oh, absolutely. It's not even a Ponzi scheme. It's just like a scam. It's like Lulu Row. Like yeah. how they put it is like, why do you think someone else will buy the token? Is it because you think they like the product or is it because you think they are trying to get rich by selling it to a bigger sucker? Where does that end? It does have big Depop vibes to me, to be honest. I feel like we are going to get a documentary, a Netflix documentary on Depop at some point in time. Oh, I hope so. I think it will come out. I hope so. Because at some point it has to be contributing to like in a way the fall of slow fashion yeah yeah it does feel like it just contributes to like fast fashion but with a different veneer on Mm -hmm. an ethical veneer um i've been banned so earlier justine you mentioned how like you can burn art to keep you warm yes that's a function that art has because it is a physical object in your life well you know what another thing you can do with burning art you can turn that video of that burning of art into an NFT. God, and the cycle continues. You know what? And then I sell it for 50 bucks and I maybe pay my internet bill. And you maybe pay for the cost that it took you to put that all together. Yeah. <laughs> Quite recently, actually, this was most egregiously done to a Fritacolo drawing. Leave her Allegedly. Alone. She's having a whirlwind in the discourse world on TikTok right now. She is. We talked about in our previous Artful Shenanigans how they wanted to make a musical about her. Yeah, just, like, leave her out of it. There's family fighting about what each family member can do with her work. It truly is, like, let sleeping dogs lie. Mm. So, yeah, someone bought a Frida Kahlo drawing for $10 million. Allegedly. And then posted a video of them burning it. But I love how, because uh, I read about this, and the burning of the Frida Kahlo does not seem to be the most bizarre thing that happens in this video. What else happens in the video? Well, there's a fashion parade at one point. <laughs> oh. There's a giant martini glass. So it was Salvador Dali burning the Frida Kahlo. <laughs> not even. It's And then the artist is wearing like a blazer with a sequined Frida Kahlo on the back of it. There's also a mariachi band. Like, it, it's so funny. Appreciate the get-up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know it wasn't just, like, a haphazard, didn't seem excessively hateful by the mariachi yeah. band present, <laughs> I'd hope. It just makes no sense. And then all this has come out about how the work might not even be real and it's of dubious origins to begin with. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, how could NFTs hold value if what they represent is inauthentic? Mm-hmm. So, like, what that led to was the Mexican government getting involved. As they should. Doing an investigation. Oh, they've got bigger things to think about. It's really funny because, like, the last we heard of this, presumably the investigation is going underway, is was, like, at the end of September. And at that point, he had only sold four of his funky little NFTs of the burning of a Frida Kahlo and only raised around, like, $11,000. Once again, still too much. Hilarious when you think about it, juxtaposed to $10 million. Mm. People love to burn money. But even then, you can burn money. Yeah. <laughs> you can melt those coins down. Like, Yeah. You can set fire to our little plastic notes, maybe. I don't know. I've never tried to set fire to money. I don't live that lifestyle. No. But I assume in theory. You could do something with them. Uh, I would like to propose an alternative. Uh, the alternative is giving that money to me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Look, I'll sell you the NFT. I'll print it out for you. <laughs> like this, this is just going to be a transaction where the NFT is you give me money because you don't want money. Yeah. Let's just cut out all the maths and the numbers. None of that. None of that. None of that. Let's simplify it back down. You don't want money. I will have it. Yeah. It is kind of weird that that seems to be a way that people, insidious people, would be like, yeah, I support the arts. Instead of being like, hey, there's a creator out here. They're doing a drawing a day. Maybe I should sling them the $50 for their commission. Mm. But like, no, I have to give some random man 1.6 million dollars or else this means nothing 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you don't care about art. Donate that to a fund, like an inner city fund that supports the arts. Yeah, well, like, that's what I think it was the Uffizi. Yeah. They um began to uh, do these sort of NFTs of their works. But then when they sold an NFT of Michelangelo's um, Donitondo for... 240,000 euros, the museum only reaped like 70,000 euros in the end just because it all ended up going to whoever the, those some guys making NFTs. Oh, yep. my God. Because there's like transaction funds and stuff, like an auction. Yeah, but the auction's like 10%, 20%, like not like. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. 90%. Yeah. But, uh, but OpenSea, a scam, who would have thunk it? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day. It's all a tax break. Yeah. I feel like money laundering, tax evasion, tax breaks just go hand in hand with crypto. They do. It's like... The fundamental moral of NFTs is that things can be worth anything and money is a social construct, but they've, like, used it in the worst way possible. Like, the point of all this is therefore we shouldn't work and also things shouldn't be priced this way because it's ridiculous. If I don't believe this is worth this much, then you guys should not sell it for this much. But instead they've been like, if nothing means anything, we can put it at any price we want, so we're going to put it at, like, seven gajillion dollars. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, and I feel like they would be the same people who complained about like a Big Mac getting more expensive. Yeah. Like I feel like the I feel like the Venn diagram feels like a circle. Well, yeah. So the other instance, high profile instance of burning art for NFTs was our favorite, in brackets derogatory, Damien Hurst. <sighs> and also a proponent of the word digital art. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. Of course he would. Of course he would. I think there was some quote from him early on where he was like, it's been a long time since I've been this invigorated by an advancement in the art world. it makes him money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's that's it. He launched this project thing called The Currency. Oh, I think I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. So he did, like, 10,000 spot paintings and they were priced at like $2,000 each. Yeah. And he gave the buyers the option of acquiring this painting. They can have either the physical artwork or they can have the digital token at which point the physical artwork would get burnt. And destroyed. Yeah. So they sort of had this exhibition of all the works. So you could go and visit them before they were burnt. And, you know, the people who own them could go see them before they got burned. But my favourite note about the story was that there was also merchandise available at this exhibition. Yeah. And it's sort of like, Damien, you could have not used cryptocurrency. You could have just sold some merch. And I think you would have earned the same amount of money, if not more. Yeah. Also, so... If the people chose, like, you know what, I'll keep the artwork, they've got the artwork. To a degree, that kind of seems like when Damien Hurst dies, that piece of art is going to skyrocket in exactly. value. And it will sort of be a tangible. Yeah, like you've got the physical. There is someone, there's a stand out there who loves Damien Hurst, like, no tomorrow. Hmm. And then, or you can do, you can keep your little NFT that is on a fluctuating like of course currency fluctuates but it's not to a degree that people are losing like millions overnight kind of thing because not everyone has a bitcoin wallet no and i don't want to know how to get one but like like there's some 90 year old in switzerland may not be using a bitcoin wallet look i say may not because i don't know what a 90 year old (laughs) millionaire billionaire in switzerland is doing but i'm pretty sure he's on a yacht somewhere he's on a yacht somewhere like he's not worried about nfts they yeah he's got like an assistant buying art for him for his next like tax evasion yeah exactly and so he would buy the damien hearst as is he's worked out the most efficient way to evade tax like he doesn't need to get thrown into all of this nft nonsense yeah so the final numbers from those 10,000 artworks was that 
first of all, wow, 10,000 people bought them. Mm. 5,149 elected to go for the physical artwork. 4,851 of them now only exist as NFTs. Now, I would like to think about how much carbon that emitted. Like, how I bad know. is that for the environment? But the thing is, they're not even that big. Imagine being one of Damien Hurst's assistants and you've probably spent, like, the last year making all these artworks and then they just burn yeah. them off. Yeah. Like, thanks for that, Damien. I could have kept this. Yeah. yeah. It's like the size of an A4 piece of paper, each of these artworks. Yeah. It's like, don't, why did waste my time? And, like, people were like, this is a referendum on NFTs. The result is... We prefer physical artworks, please. Yeah, that was like a little Twitter poll basically right there. <laughs> yeah. Just at the cost of $2,000 per person, per mm. vote. Yeah, <laughs> $2,000 per vote and like his poor assistants working for like a year Minimum trying wage. to do like unique, <laughs> uniquely coloured dots. Minimum wage in London, like he's, they're yeah. not going well. Yeah, oh, they are definitely not. <laughs> Uh, it feels very much like a thousand monkeys at a typewriter will write Shakespeare, but yeah. it's like mm-hmm. a thousand Damien Hurst artists will, assistants will make an NFT. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. In other egregious acts against artists, one of the crimes against art, when like artists do things or like people do things without artists agreeing to it and estates agreeing to it, Pharrell Williams wanted to turn Hilmer Af Klint's abstractions into NFTs. Which just makes no sense because they're meant to be these really beautiful spiritual experiences and to make that into a little number is just incorrect on so many levels. Also, what right does he have to doing that? Like, that's not his work. And that's the thing because Clint's relatives do not approve of this at all. Do not approve of this venture. Uh, we have <laughs> someone who's been identified as the granddaughter of Hilma Afklin's nephew. <laughs> well, you know, when you're in that tree, you're in that tree. Yeah. yeah. Saying that, like, the sale of the, the works as NFTs goes against the will of the artist. Yeah, and I agree. Like, no one yeah. wanted to ask for this. Also, Pharrell, like, Why? Like, you literally doing so many other things, Pharrell. Don't you have enough on your mind? Enough on yeah. your plate before you... Aren't you happy? <laughs> Wear your silly little hats. Like, rock Chanel better than any woman I've seen. Oh, Vivian Westwood is out here. He is their number one hat customer. <laughs> right. Just do that. Why do this and try to get the ire of yeah. these it people? It does seem to be, like... The people participating, it seems to be like levels to it. It seems to be like crypto bros who are out here. Oh, well, not even crypto bros. It's like crypto daddies, let's just say. Right. And then you've got the crypto bros who just follow it. And then you've got a faction of celebrity, but not A-list celebrity, like an influencer Mm. level. They're hanging on for their notoriety of sorts. And then you've got museums being like, oh, crap, is that what the kids are doing? Like, oh, let me get yeah. there. Not to antiquate them, but, like, they've got their little walkers and they're trying to keep up with yeah. the kids. It really is all tech bros. You know it smells crazy in there. Yeah. <laughs> Not to bring up that meme, but, like, these dudes, you know, they're just, like, so unsavory. Mm-hmm. Men in the intersection of art and technology? The worst. <laughs> like, jail. Keep me away. If a woman ever did an anthropological study on the Board 8 Yacht Club. So wow. for context, let's explain. The yeah. Board 8 Yacht Club, also a project by Yuga Labs, is at once, we've talked about these ugly looking monkey NFTs. It's just this face of a monkey that sometimes wears different hats and accessories and has different coloured backgrounds. So a star doll. Yeah, star doll. A star doll. Except yeah. I can dress up like Nick Jonas. Like, yeah. And then you, you, you throw in a little bit of artificial scarcity by being like these combinations or this accessory is more rare than the other one. And bingo, you have like a million dollar board ape versus a hundred dollar board ape. 
It's just little collectibles. It's yes. like Sims expansion packs. Like- yeah, but this collectible comes with a metaphorical QR code, but probably also a literal one, that makes you a member of the Board Ape Yacht Club. It's like your ticket into the club. The only like real manifestation of this club that I can tell that really exists is like a Discord channel. <laughs> Apparently they like do shit together. They're part of some secret society oh, together. That they like cute. But I don't think that it is because it's the intersection of tech and art. Yeah, man. yeah. It just kind of seems quite lonely. Yeah. Lonely Bros Club. Yeah, it's like we were that when we were bored and lonely, like 10 year olds with our stuff. Yeah. It's like when I was like really heavily into K pop, like on Twitter every single day, thousands of photos of like EXO on my phone. And then I got a boyfriend and then I like got off Twitter. <laughs> like, I feel like that's. <laughs> That is kind of like the same manifestation. Yeah. 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 Just a bit of yeah, yeah repressed energy. Yeah. yeah. But it makes me a great fighter on Twitter. I've I've spent my time in the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> to show how like boring it is in there. Earlier this year there was a group who claimed to have created a dating app exclusively for the collectors in the Board Ape Yacht Club. Right. And they said in this announcement that they were forced to shut down the app early because there was a lack of women members. You know what it is? Because women find hobbies. Yeah. Yes. This is apparently a prank. And I'm like, this is just like a self roast on the board AP Yacht Club of the yeah. kinds of people in the club. They're just showing themselves. Like, your ass is showing. And on that same note, we have people, we have board apes, we have crypto punks. The amount of ugly art so ugly i'm sorry i just looked up people that donald trump head i mean there's that naked elon musk there is just so many it really is just like wow this is how far we've come we as a society have come here it really is a social decline first of all the concept that you have created a startle called it art and then called every single iteration combination and permutations of your style customizations art the way i would legitimately screenshot an outfit though and be like that's so cute i was minting yes but here's the thing justin you were minting the best ones like you got a whole (laughs) bunch of generated stuff and you personally curated the ones that were the most interesting best taste good slay these people are just putting them out there all of them, regardless of it quality. Really is just spaghetti at the wall. Spaghetti mm. at the wall. Monkeys at the typewriters. The Shakespeare comes out, but all the other trash does as well. Yeah, you've just got like keyboard smashing, <laughs> feces smeared paper. Yep. And you're like, will someone spend $1 million on this, please? It's not even like the Shakespeare one, which presumably is the most interesting, most engaging, really poetic, deep, Shakespearean one of the bunch is the best one. It's the one with like, oh, look, this monkey accidentally typed 69. This one goes (laughs) up in price. That's how we're evaluating these things. Like 69, nice. One does like 69, 420, and that one goes up in price. Like it's arbitrary. No, no, literally. They're like, wow, they accidentally typed out boobs on the calculator. Yeah. <laughs> That's the original one. That's the level that we're at. Yeah. When people say like, oh, there's no such thing as bad art. There is. Yeah, there it is. really is. There we is. We need to stop pretending. Yeah. You can look at like a Rothko and be like, I could do that. It's like, but you didn't. But you didn't and you definitely couldn't. To a degree. There is so much thought and context behind that work. And then you have a naked Elon Musk riding a Shiba Inu. I've seen, like, memes that are better quality, you know? Oh, yeah. Instagram algorithm brings me better content, to be honest. Yeah. All NFTs are treated equal. So you have some people who are creating NFT art, which is bad. And then you have some people who may be genuinely trying to make interesting NFT art. And then you have people who are just, like, taking memes off the internet and minting them as NFTs. And they're all on the same playing field. At least Christie's has the decency to group their auctions by style and, like, have an auction which is just for masterworks and try to think of the valuation and be like, the works we think are going to, like, build up to the millions and our inner set theme. And they exist in the same space. And they're different to our contemporary art auction. Yeah, it's all curated spaces. And this is the problem with decentralization. 
Yeah. You know what? There really is no tastemakers anymore. Well, no tastemakers that I accept. Yeah. like People are trying. You know, it's like the internet will democratize everything. And then it's like, mm-hmm. great, now people with the worst taste you've ever seen think they yeah. should tell you what art is. We should have thought about that more before we went and democratized. <laughs> democratize culture? Yes. All of us little nostalgic babies are just like, remember when Alexa Chung? God. Oh, remember when she was wearing like those frilly te- frilly shirts from the up shop? Wow. <sighs> she was the last tastemaker that I accept. Yeah, oh, absolutely. She's the one surviving one. Yep. And I thought that we could really end on the note of Takashi Murakami's venture into NFTs because we've heard about all these terrible nfts we've heard about all the celebrities trying to get into nfts jack dorsey sold his first tweet as an nft also crashed in price good the first tweet on twitter as an nft just worth like bought for too much not worth as much now same story grimes was getting into nfts tarantino's currently in a lawsuit about like putting out the director's kind of pulp fiction as an nft We'll talk more about that next episode. Like everything full circle, baby. Everything's foreshadowing in this episode. We have Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton with their NFTs on Twitter. All these names. And then we have Takashi Murakami, who had this NFT project that he had planned to launch. And like Murakami is one of those ones where I think if it was the wrong combination of qualities, he would be Damien Hurst. Yeah, I I do I respect that man. I do think he is very much the man that got caught up in the wrong audience. I think if anyone would make an interesting NFT, it would be him. Like he's probably the one person I respect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I I would be like that is one thousand percent his practice. Yeah. Yeah. His collaboration with various people in different fields and industries have always like interested me as well. Yeah. Yeah. You got Kanye. Louis Vuitton. He thinks about things and I can always appreciate that. Yeah. His practice is about the commercialization and soft power of Japan. Yeah. How in the like 80s, 90s, that bubble burst for them and then they had to kind of work their way back. And so it's like something about commercialization of art. It's like, yeah, that's his his shtick. Yeah. He's been doing it for decades. Yeah. So he did Murakami.flowers. So it's like the flowers that we love him for and he used them in an nft project purportedly kind of the way that it's framed is that he had timed it wrong so he missed the boom entirely and launched it right before the crash of crypto because he was was taking time to think about what he was doing yeah also if the value of a work is something that can be tracked by trends basically how substantial is this long term yeah. If it's at the whims. Yeah. The cheapest Murakami flowers now are like 1% of the price that they were initially getting bids for during the false start where he tried to launch this and then he had second thoughts about whether it was ready, you know, like a sensible person. Yeah. The bids were like $260,000. And then subsequently after the boom and when he did the official launch and everything, they were more like $2,000 on OpenSea. Maybe we could buy a one. We'll pitch in. We'll find out how to work out that e-wallet. Yeah, for $2,000 for a Murakami, I'm sort of like, mm, maybe I will yeah. actually understand how cryptocurrency yeah. works for that. Yeah. Or I could go to like Uniqlo and get like a yeah. pillow. <laughs> that could work too. Just get one of those plushies. I feel like that's going to be a joy-bringing yeah. object. Get me a little keychain. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. I'll just buy a keychain. <laughs> so on June 8th, he posted an apology of Twitter, which said, Dear holders of Murakami.flowers, I appreciate your continuing patronage. Although the project's floor price and transaction prices remain stagnant, I am very sorry. That's sweet. Yeah. But then also it does kind of reveal that the true nature of this project was for people to make more money off owning it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the magician reveals itself. <laughs> I apologize I didn't make as much money as I thought I would. Yeah, I apologize that you're losing money yeah. by buying this because you only bought it in the hopes that you'd get more money out of yeah. it. <laughs> Look, he's holding himself accountable. Prior to that, he said, yeah. 
I'm grouping in the dark, so I'm sure I will make many mistakes, but please bear with me. Good for him. Unlike these people who, like, dived in headfirst and made terrible things. Yeah. I was like, look, have I made terrible purchases? Yes, but you know what I got out of it? A little Dior bag. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that I can hold. Yeah. And can burn if it required. Yeah. If I get cold, those zips are coming right off. Oh, you're melting that down for money? Make a coin out of your Dior zips. <laughs> make a necklace and then sell it on Depop. I'm going to burn it and make an NFT. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> This has just been a how-to for me the entire time. Yes, yeah. giving you ideas. I'm about to become the next biggest NFT artist with the ugliest little monkeys you could ever imagine. <laughs> and we look forward to it. Absolutely. And I think that is a great note to end part one of our NFT behemoth on. So hopefully you have now come away with some fun quips and also a slightly better understanding of nfts but the only thing you really need to know about them is that nft bad nft scam nft not worth money nft a crime let me write that down (laughs) yes crime against art like we said in the next episode we will go into how nfts perpetuate actual art crimes and other crimes as well But for the time being, we will be signing off. So let's start with Isabel. Where can we find you? Absolutely. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at BellLake5, that B-E-L-L-A-K-E and the numeral 5. I don't do much on there. I'm more prevalent on LinkedIn. But that's also incredibly cursed, so I wouldn't recommend trying to find me there. And you can find me on Instagram at m.ch.ll.g and on Twitter at m underscore ch underscore ll underscore g double underscore. I do not have any NFTs on either platform and I do not plan to at any point in my life story. And Justine, where can we find you? Oh, well, if you like, you can follow me on my art account, which is Justine Allen, J U S T Y N E A L L E N, all one word. If you want to see my fashion predictions for 2023, follow me on my Goon Mommy account. So that's G O O N M A M I. Exactly what you think it is. Please, you are a tastemaker, Justine. You are gatekeeping those trends. I've got my Alexa Chung book right next to me. Yes. It's 2023, baby. Yes. Thank goodness. And then you can also find everything else about Crimes Against Art on our Instagram and Twitter at Art Crimes Pod. Crimes Against Art is also part of the Edge of the Crowd network. You can find Edge of the Crowd at Edge of the Crowd duh, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and you can read articles including my NFT article, but also other articles about art, culture, politics, and sport at www.edgeofthecrowd.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week, but we will be seeing each other shortly for part two. Ciao.